Welcome to Breast Friends Cancer Support Network. Your host is Michelle Beck. Our show is here to help breast cancer patients, survivors, thrivers, their friends and family by providing resources, support, and inspiration they can use right now. Here is your host, Michelle Beck. Welcome to Breast Friends Cancer Support Network, and thanks for joining us today. My name is Michelle Beck. I'm a two-time, nine-year survivor of breast cancer. I'm the patient programs assistant at Breast Friends, and when I have time, I write at a blog called I Never Liked Pink. Today, I want to give a shout-out all the way across the country to Jasmine Menard from Claremont, New Hampshire. Thanks for listening in, Jasmine. And I'm so excited today for my guest, Kristen Carbone. She's the founder of Brilliantly.co, which we're going to talk about, a woman impacted by breast cancer and her life drastically changed by it, but not in the way that you might think. Kristen, thank you so much for being here today. And also, you were a past guest with Becky Olson, who used to host this show back in January of 2019. So listeners, check out that episode as well. But Kristen, welcome. Tell us a little bit about yourself, non-cancer, (laughs) pre-brilliantly. Well, thank you so much for having me. Um, My name is Kristen Carbone, as you said. Um, Pre-brilliantly, past self, um, I am a former museum curator, always worked in the arts, um, I'm a mom of two kids, newly 13 and 11. Oh, bless you. Really, uh, <laughs> wonderful still and keeping my fingers crossed for a happy and good adolescence. And I'm coming to you from Providence, Rhode Island. All the way across the country as well. Thank you. Um, I'm so excited because I, I think I just found you on Instagram and so many of my my followers follow you and I'm like, okay, this woman, it must be worth the follow. And 100%. So listeners out there, take a minute after the show and follow Kristen at brilliantly.co on Instagram. And that's also her website. But Kristen, so let's dig into it. How does cancer figure into your life? Really in every single way possible, to be honest. Um, It started with my mother, Lisa, who died from metastatic breast cancer in her 40s. Um, I also come from a place in Western New York where the breast cancer rate specifically is really high. I can't remember a time where I didn't know people who were struggling with breast cancer. And I remember when my mom was diagnosed when I was in college, um, I had friends who never knew anyone who'd had cancer. And I was like, how's that? And, And just, I've known so many women, unfortunately, who've been affected. Um, and then it continued, uh, I underwent uh, pretty rigorous screening after my son was born because of my hereditary risk um, and found a lump that ended up being benign, but it was in the same spot as my mom's primary mm. cancer um, right after I turned 30. And I decided I'd had both my kids and that it was time for me to have take preventative action. So I had a preventative mastectomy back in 2013 and feel really very lucky that I was able to make that choice and had no idea at the time how much that would impact what it felt like to live in my body and how I think about myself and my place in the world. So it continues to be a, a, a daily part of my life for sure. Oh, completely. I understand that. Now you mentioned a hereditary risk. Are, ge- are you genetically positive? It's a good question. Um, I have not been tested since 08 when they only knew about BRCA1 and 2. Okay. So I'm due for a new screening, which I was supposed to have um, three years ago and said, no, thanks. I don't want to know anymore. Um, and then my mom's sister just was diagnosed with breast cancer. So in addition to my mom and my grandpa and my great aunt, 
now my my aunt also has it and so i was supposed to get tested again this week and while i'm in providence rhode island my oncologist is in new york city and the rules about telemedicine that were much more flexible during covid have changed and so I'm going in for new genetic testing in person in New York in a few months, but right now it's, um, they have always treated me as if I had an unknown hereditary mm-hmm. risk, but not BRCA. But of course the field of genetics continues to evolve. Constantly. Sure. Well, they've now come up with the, the P10 and the, I think the, the new one they just did a PCAB2, I think don't, don't quote me on that one, but it's something like that. And I, I fully agree. I agree. There's so many new things that are coming out. I'm I'm BRCA negative, but I do have a family history. Um, my grandmother passed from metastatic breast cancer. I, I do think there's so much out there that they haven't discovered yet. So f- fingers crossed for you that you get good good results. But you've already been so proactive with it that you know while you you have not had cancer, you said it, it has changed your life. You know in every way and every day. Um, you were 23 when your mother passed. Is that correct? I was. Yes. How at that point, we're young, we're still developing and you had grown up with it. Did you do any kind of therapy or anything like that to kind of get through? Your, your viewers can't see that I'm kind of giggling and shaking my head. No, <laughs> I think, um, you know, we, I didn't grow up in a household that talked about therapy, even as an option. Mm-hmm. And I remember my mom talking to me and saying, make sure your dad goes to therapy, make sure your dad figures out how to be happy. I think, you know, it's, you think about your partner or your spouse very differently than you think about your children. I I know I do. Um, And I just dove into being a caregiver. I was newly out of college at my first job when her breast cancer came back the second time and had metastasized to her brain, her bones, her liver, her lungs. Um, moved to be closer to my parents, um, took a lot of time off work to be there and ultimately was there when she passed. And I think I went right into then caregiver mode for my dad and my mom's mom, who is still alive. Mary just turned a hundred last month. Yeah, pretty amazing. And then shortly after that got married and had my kids. And I think I really define myself as a caregiver in a way that may or may not be good for me that I have since tried to unpack in going to therapy, but at the time really was so focused on trying to make the people around me feel okay and good that I, I certainly put myself on the back burner. And that's, that's what many people do when they've gone through trauma like this. And I, myself included, a way to get through trauma is to just ignore it and move on. Like denial can be a beautiful place, but you were, you were so busy taking care of your dad and your other family that you just kind of moved on. And what, what made you finally make the decision to say, wow, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and do this prophylactic um, mastectomy and just get this done? Yeah. You know, it's a multifaceted answer. I used to work in the arts and I made like under $30,000 a year in my, in my work in the arts, which, you know, ever anyone who's listening, who pays people who work in the arts, pay them more. Lots but because more. I, I didn't have BRCA, my insurance company wouldn't cover the screening that I was getting. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was spending some years, like $12,000, half of my salary basically on tests. And I was healthy. And in addition to the financial stress, Um, was really trying to make any lifestyle changes that my doctor recommended. 
um, eating really well, exercising all the time, keeping my BMI below 18, which was really difficult, especially in the years of like having children and weight fluctuating. And it, the idea of preventing cancer really had taken over my day-to-day life and how I thought about things. And then once they found that lump and, you know, once if for anyone who's listening, who's had a lot of screening and goes for a lot of tests, you know, when they find something, you know, when you go and everything's fine, you know, right away that it's fine. And, you know, when they're like going over the same spot with the ultrasound wand over and over and over again and taking measurements that they found something. And it was in that moment when I knew I was like, I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just waiting to get cancer. And they had caught my mom's primary cancer very early. Um, it was stage one a, she didn't have chemo. She just had radiation and a lumpectomy, but it was triple negative And it came back and was extremely aggressive. She became a case study at Johns Hopkins. It was never in her lymph nodes. You know, she was a really atypical case. And I kept thinking, what am I waiting for? I'm going to wait for them to find it and I'm going to die anyway. And so it, I was, you know, I just turned 30. I had two little kids and I think I finally had to sort of face the thoughts about my own mortality and not just think about if everyone else around me was happy and then I could be happy. I completely understand that. And especially because being a mom, that that is hundred percent will give you more, you know, incentive to, I need to be here. I need to be alive. I need to take care of my children, take care of my family. And yes, I applaud, you know, applaud you obviously. And you know, that it was the right thing for you at that time. Um, but still not, not an easy decision to make, obviously. Um, how, how did all of that, once you went through the process and, um, just to confirm you had a mastectomy and then did you do reconstruction? I did. Um, I had implant reconstruction and it's interesting that you ask that. I think the conversation about if there is reconstruction and how you want to get reconstructed is very different now in 2021 than it was in 2013. I had very small breasts, had nursed two children and no one said to me, well, do you even want to have, do you like, you know, the conversation really was, well, you're young, you're hopefully going to have a long life. You want to look like a woman, but never like, what does, what does having breasts mean to you? You know, there was not a lot of that conversation. And so I um, had tissue expanders and then implants put in um, and, you know, have, have a, an interesting relationship with my implants. Definitely. And, and I agree with you because thankfully the conversations are changing a little bit more as time goes on because being flat is an option. And, you know, women, as they're going through this process, yes, you hear those words, you have cancer and you have to do all these things, or you don't hear those words, you have cancer. In your case, you're like, I'm, I'm being preventative. I'm doing this, but it's really like, okay, let's, let's do this. Let's, you know, reconstruct your boot, your breast. So you feel, you quote unquote, feel like a woman again, but you can still hundred percent feel like a woman being flat. That, that is not where our, you know, femininity comes from. And I'm super glad that conversation is changing because it's so important. Um, and obviously your, your implants have led you into a whole different, whole different life, a a new career because of the things that, you know, you figured out and it brought you to, but after you were doing all this and knowing that you're having the surgery and the, to potentially save your life, but it changed your body in ways that you dramatically didn't know about and your, your emotions. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. I mean, I think there's a lot of people who 
I see that I see this online all the time now and I love it. And I had no idea about it before that people have like parties to say goodbye to their boobs and really sort of um, honor what their body is in a way that helps them own their story and feel good about their decision. Um, I had a group of friends who came over and we made a stop motion animation video of my chest at different, like before I had surgery and then at different moments during recovery. Um, it's called terror in titty town. (laughs) You know, it's amazing. Yeah. And I think part of that is because I spend a lot of time with artists, especially then, and that they were like, well, let's make an art project. And the other idea was that I was going to paint my chest and then like graffiti buildings in Providence, but I didn't want to get arrested right before surgery. So (laughs) we decided the at home project was better. Um, I think, you know, I woke up from surgery feeling really good and empowered about the decision that I made. I found having tissue expanders to be the most uncomfortable part of the entire thing. And the whole time I was getting them thinking like, I can't imagine what it's going to feel like to have this be part of my, like to have a foreign object in my body for the rest of my life and how strange that is. Um, I had, when I had the exchange surgery and had implants put in, as you know, so many women know, you go through this journey of sensations where you're having, you know, just post-surgical pain and swelling and nerve pain and muscle spasms. And it takes a long time for your body to settle into what it's going to feel like. And I would say about six months after surgery was when I really was like, I feel cold all the time. And that feeling isn't going away. And I assumed I was the only person who'd ever had that experience and never talked about it for years. And you, um, listeners, she lives in Rhode Island. So I know it's definitely cold in the winter. What is it like the rest of the time? Silly question, but. (laughs) Yeah, we have like a proper four seasons here. Mm -hmm. I grew up in Buffalo, New York, where it's like nine months of winter and then summer. Mm -hmm. And, but you know, it's cold here and I like to swim in the ocean and I like to play outside with my kids and I like to take walks every day. And I, it really being uncomfortably cold all the time changed how I behaved. It changed what I'm wearing. Um, I used to sit at my desk with a hot water bottle under my shirt. Um, and not everybody has a job where they can do that. You know, a lot of really, and sometimes dangerous things like putting those hot hands directly into my bra Oh, which is so bad because I'm sure like most of you, you have a lack of sensation and a lack of feeling. So it might help to warm up the implants, but you could be getting a burn oh, and I not totally even know it. Burn. Yeah. And you don't, you, and to your point, like you don't feel it till it's too late. Mm-hmm. So you actually did experience burns from this? Oh, totally. And I've oh. since read um, medical cases about women who even just having like a heating pad that's plugged into the wall have burned through their skin through into their implant because there's so little tissue between the outside and, and your implant that you can actually damage it and need to have surgery to repair, like to put in a new implant, you can actually melt it if the temperature is too hot. Wow. So what, um, this is what finally led you to found your company brilliantly. Do you say .co or just brilliantly? I just say brilliantly, but I appreciate you saying .co because um, I think our go-to is .com, and it's good to let people know that we are at .co on Instagram and online. Yes. As I said, follow her on Instagram. Um, <laughs> <laughs> now, all of this, the, 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 the coldness, the constant, you know, oh my gosh, my body has changed. How did that deal with your emotions? 
you know, it's a constant reminder that something happened when you can't, I think, and it's, this happens with all kinds of things in our body, right? Like if you're in pain, if you're having an issue, if you're pregnant, some of the things are positive, some of them are negative, some of them are medical, some are just like gaining and losing of weight. When we exist thinking about our physical body, you can't just focus on living your life. And the having to think about every day, what am I going to wear? How am I going to be warm enough? How many layers do I need to bring? Meant that I constantly thought about my breasts, about my body, about cancer, and really lacked focus in doing the things that I wanted to do. And of course, when you're also cold, you're, you're like not present. And I also get really cranky when I'm cold. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you can't move on because it's such a constant focus in your life. Like you said, you're worrying about this every day. This is all you think about, all you're doing, that it's really impossible to focus on the important things like your kids and your career and all that because you're like, oh, God, I'm cold all the time. Um, so after the break, we're going to talk about how you have changed this and the amazing product that you've developed and the other programs that brilliantly does. So we do need to take a break out there. Listeners, remember, you can make a donation on our website or by texting BF radio to 41444 to help breast friends continue on its mission to ensure that no woman goes through cancer alone. Stay with us. We'll be back in a minute. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. Thank you for listening today. Breast friends need your support. We rely on donations to continue our mission that no woman goes through cancer alone and to keep the show going. Please consider making a tax-deductible donation to Breast Friends. You can text BF Radio to 41444 or visit us at breastfriends.org to donate. You can also like us on Facebook at Breast Friends of Oregon or follow us on Instagram at Breast Friends PDX. Be sure to tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern Time for Breast Friends Cancer Support Network. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are tuned in to Breast Friends Cancer Support Network. To reach the program today, please call us at 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to Michelle Beck at breastfriends.org. Now, back to the show. Thanks for staying with us. I'm Michelle Beck, and my guest is Kristen Carbone, founder of Brilliantly.co. We've been talking what it means to be impacted by breast cancer and what this amazing, resilient rock star has done with it. So, Kristen, let's let's talk about Brilliantly, the company you founded, collection of products, stories, and experiences for women impacted by breast cancer. On your website, you talk about your mission, which is to celebrate resilient women seeking community and who believe they can be whole again after breast cancer. And I could not love this anymore. So tell us about your company and why you founded it. Yeah. You know, as we were saying before the break, 
I, one of the surprising and strange outcomes from my reconstruction was that I feel cold all the time. And I went for years kind of being annoyed by that and changing how I live my life and what I was wearing and, and being really just constantly distracted and thinking about my, my chest. And it wasn't until the spring of 2017, and I have a good friend who does special effects for movies. So he's not an engineer, but he, he really knows how to make a, a wide range of things. And he said, I think we can make you something to wear that would help you feel warmer. And I was like, okay, well, I don't want like a jacket or a coat or a vest. And I really don't want to try to make a bra. Making a bra is so complicated. <laughs> and I like to wear a different one every day. Can we try to make something that fits into any bra? And so we did. And we, it, we took a few months and we made this thing and it was shaped. It was like almond shaped, like those things that come in women's bathing suits that I don't really even know what their function is, like to pretend we don't have nipples, not sure. But mm -hmm. that sort of felt like a universal shape that fit into a bra. But our, our proof of concept design was hooked up to a, a giant drill battery. <laughs> and so I couldn't use it. And, but it worked. And I was like, this would be awesome. I want to wear this, but it makes no sense to just make one because we can't make it ourselves. We would have to like get help unless there's other people who need it. And that's when I joined Instagram and um, found Facebook groups that had come up, you know, in 2013, the, the social media landscape was just so very different than it was in 2017, just a few years later. And I posted on in these groups and said, hey, who would be willing to talk to me about your experience, like things you were expecting, not expecting, and really quickly found out that about 75% of women who have this procedure experience coldness as a pain point, like either really acutely, like some people are actually in, in awful pain when they feel cold from the way that their nerves healed. Um, and other people are just like, oh, I can feel that they're cold and that's kind of annoying. Um, but the, what I really learned from those women who I spoke to was one, 10, three, five, however many years out of leaving the hospital, whether it was treatment or if you had just surgical intervention, they were still looking for things and couldn't find what they needed to help support them. Whether it was, um, help getting out of debt, talking to your kids about hereditary risk. What if your partner left you when you were in treatment and you had to go out and start dating again? How do you talk to a new person about that? Um, body image issues, just even finding a bra that was comfortable, regrowing your hair, like every single part of these women's lives was touched by this experience in a way that I think most people don't know. You know, even really well-intentioned friends and family will be like, you did it, you beat cancer, go live your life, enjoy yourself. And it's like, but I, I look and feel so different. Um, and I knew then that I didn't just want to make a product that I wanted to help address some of those issues. And so found um, an engineering, design and engineering firm that could help us make the product, but also started connecting with people who were experts and could help address some of those issues. Um, some of the things that we've started are a corrective exercise program, because I couldn't believe how many people, and myself included, felt like they had limited strength and mobility, especially with under the muscle reconstruction um, or flap reconstruction, where you've had surgery on so many parts of your body. And then we started a portrait project um, because women were saying, it, I mean, it honestly broke my heart how many people said they felt like they'd never feel beautiful again. And so there's a photographer and a makeup artist 
who were donating their time for free to give women like a day of pampering and then photos where they felt really amazing about how they looked. And that was honestly one of my favorite parts. Um, we've done a number of events and have content on the site, interviews. Um, we're about to announce, so you guys are the first to know, um, a, a book project that's coming up that will be um, hundreds of women's voices, not just a single story, but really um, many, many voices in many formats from like interviews to art. We'll have really everything in this book. Um, and just am simply delighted to report that after an enormous amount of COVID-related setbacks that we launched our product, which is controlled by an app and actually does fit into any bra. And we are, um, those are on the market. We have users who use them every day. We have nursing moms who like them. We have women who are just cold at work in addition to the women in the breast cancer community who they were designed for. That is fabulous. Like you've taken something that, you know, has really had a fairly negative impact on your life and you have the heart to serve and you've just completely turned that bad experience into this, this amazing company. And when you first started and your friend who was in the, the arts business and the studio, um, oh, I've completely Love lost. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Answer brain. Um, all of, you know, he and the people who are first helping out, they were all volunteering. Isn't because, you know, you didn't have any money to do this and you're like, and they're doing it out of the goodness of their hearts. And and yeah, I can't. I mean, it's been, I would say, one of the most rewarding experiences I've ever had starting this business. Not only has it really, you know, you asked about therapy, and I think I have been able to explore my grief as like a caregiver, as a motherless daughter, as a person who lost their breast in a whole other way than I ever would have been able to because I'm part of this community, because I meet women who understand it because I can share all of the different parts of my story, but also because I can't begin the list of how many people have volunteered their time to help move the needle on this is hundreds. You know, I keep joking that, you know, people talk about things taking a village and that I've had an entire city of people who've helped. I mean, people from my childhood, friends who've also lost their mothers to breast cancer, um, people who are experts at what they do, volunteering their time to help me with everything from designing the app to building the website to like, I mean, it's literally absolutely every part of this business has been impacted by people who volunteer their time for free because they have a connection to the community. Maybe they lost someone they love, maybe they've had it themselves, or they just can see and understand that there's room to improve what this experience is like for women that, you know, we're working so hard thankfully to save lives, but we are just starting to say, okay, we saved you. And, and now how can we serve you? How can we make your life feel good now that you have it back? Survivorship is a whole nother, a whole nother genre of what we need to be treating because our oncology team from, you know, for most people they're doing, they're getting rid of the cancer as best as they can. And then, then they send you off into the world, but you have all of these um, side effects. And oh my gosh, I'm in, I'm in a group here um, for another podcast called Cancer for Breakfast. And someone was talking about side effects and her new, the word, my new favorite phrase is side effects. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. And I, it, I'm so happy that you have that group. I can't tell you how many people who I spoke to who were like, I live in rural Alabama. I've never known someone 
who's had breast cancer. I had to travel two hours to get treatment. Um, and I've been out of treatment for five years and I can't go to a support group. Like I'm not really welcome there anymore. Like it's so hard to find your people depending on where you're located. I think mm-hmm. we're so lucky to be in a moment where a lot of that can happen virtually and where there's radio shows and podcasts and books and social media. But I think for when you're a woman who's sitting in it and you live somewhere where there aren't a critical mass of people who are gathering together to have those conversations, it's really isolating. Definitely. And that's, that's one reason I love, I was really struggling. Um, I love doing the, the podcast. I was really struggling at work last year because of one of the reasons I loved my job at Breast Friends so much was the patient interaction. I got to actually see women and talk to women in person and hug them and cry with them. But the pandemic changed all of that. And I had kind of lost my spark because all I was doing was computer work and Zooms. And then this opportunity came up and it really has given me back the joy in helping women who've gone through cancer and other things because I, I hope this message and all of the amazing guests I have, like yourself, these things that we're sharing is really making an impact, like you said, to the woman in rural Alabama who doesn't have the the community that we do. Um, that's also something else. So we've got the warm product. Um, how how can let's how can listeners find that product if they're interested? Yeah, we have information about it up on the site at brilliantly.co. And it's also the, and brilliantly.co is where we have everything, right? So if you're just looking for information on the product, that's brilliantlywarm.co, which is what we call the product. The corrective exercise program is brilliantly strong, really tried to like make it easy for me and everybody else to find us. Um, You know, I feel we've done almost four years of R&D on this product. A lot of that was to make sure that it was safe and that it was discreet. I think there's lots of people who go through this experience and it's very public, like you're out of work, maybe you lose your hair, you need help in so many different ways. And that's very visible. And I think it felt important to give people an invisible solution. So what we've made fits into any bra and then you put it on the morning as part of your getting dressed. And if it's on the subway, if it's in your office, where if you walk into the grocery store and you're in the frozen food aisle and you're shivering, you just take out your phone and you turn it on with the app. You don't have to stick your hand in your shirt or excuse yourself to go to the bathroom to turn it on. And we wanted it to be that way. If you're like a mom watching your kid play soccer or you're in a board meeting, you should be able to feel comfortable and not be like huddled, bundled up, space heater, cup of tea, pashmina wearing. And you know, part of that was also making sure that it was safe and that it was smart and that it could only get to a certain temperature that you could wear it safely for hours and not worry about like, if you, you know, there's lots of women who are using solutions like I did, like hot hands or heating pads that plug into the wall and get many, many degrees too hot. So figuring out what was that temperature, doing research, making sure, um, doing user testing. So I, I'm really proud of the product and I'm have been so encouraged by hearing, you know, the women who use it every day and love it and that it is helping them feel better. And my favorite comment that we've gotten is that people forget they have it on because that's the whole point. We don't want to make you hot. We don't want to make you sweat. We don't want to make you uncomfortable in the other direction. We want you to forget, you know, like if you're so comfortable that you forget you have it on and you forget that you felt cold, 
and that you take your bra off and it falls on the floor. That's ideal. That's what we want. And I, I love the fact that you're giving giving back a sense of privacy. And like, not everyone needs to know this because unfortunately going through breast cancer, like you said, so much of it is very obvious and not everyone wants to talk about it or wants to be out there and is an oversharer like I am. Like to me, I'm like, I'll, I'll answer any question, but that's not everybody. And it, it is super important that you're giving them back that one small piece of themselves that they can say, this is just for me. And I from when you and I had spoke before, it does, um, it cycles through the heat. Is that correct? It kind of, it temperature wise, it goes up and down. So it doesn't stay too hot. Yeah, absolutely. I think anybody who's used applied heat or cold, like even if you have an ice pack, like if you twist your ankle, when you have something that's a specific temperature on you, you stop sensing it. So once it's on there for a few minutes, you're like, wait, is it still cold? Is it cold enough? Is it hot enough? I can't feel it anymore. And that's the job of your nerves to perceive these different temperature fluctuations. So what we did with this product is brilliantly warm, turns on and gets warm right away. So you feel immediate instant relief, but then it cycles through cooling off and getting warm again. So your nerves are constantly stimulated. So you're not thinking like, is it on? Is it off? Is it on? Is it off? But that your nerves are doing their job and sensing the change and the warmth and the comfort. So you can just feel cozy and know that you're not going to overheat. Cause I think nothing's worse than going from like one extreme temperature to the other. Or if you're bundled up and you have it on and it makes you so hot that you start sweating, that's like bad in the opposite direction. Because as you know, so many women in this community are going through menopause either from chemo or surgical procedures. And that's a whole other issue. And so we did testing with women who were like, I'm cold and hot. And what do I do about that? And we did test with people while they were having hot flashes because I really wanted to know, like, are we making your hot flash hot flashes worse? And one of our testers who's very young, she was in her late twenties was testing it. And she said, it's so embarrassing to have hot flashes at work. I turn bright red, I get sweaty. And because I'm young, people are like, oh my God, are you okay? You know, like if you see a woman who's in her sixties having hot flash, you're like, just shut up. You like nod, smile, ignore it. But when you see someone in their twenties and they turn bright red and start sweating, you're like, oh my God, do you need something? Are you okay? And it, are you having a stroke? Like what's going on? Yeah, it was took a lot of attention. And so when she was trying this, she said, it's funny because I was so uncomfortable during hot flashes because I was also freezing cold and hot at the same time. And she said, having brilliantly warm on actually helped establish more of an equilibrium that I wasn't so cold to begin with. So that was really good to hear. And I know that people ask all the time if we're going to tackle the hot flashes and that is like hopefully on the horizon. And I know there are some other companies that are working on that too. So we want those people who are too hot to get their relief as well. That would be me because I went through surgical menopause prior to my reconstruction after my mastectomy. So my temperature, I swear, went up like 10 degrees automatically. Um, so I have never had the uncomfortable uncomfortableness of the being cold, but I would love something for the, you know, whether I've seen like the bracelets that you put on and they do something with your wrist and, but they're like, they're not cheap. And I'm like, oh, I don't know if they're going to work. And, um, but I'm four years out and I still struggle with the hot flashes. So I am going to be, I will be a tester for you. I'll be first in line for your new brilliantly cold product. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think, you know, it's um, a very different technology. And I think it's important for somebody to tackle it. The things that are happening are 
wrist wearables, which is complicated. It's hard to type with those on. Um, and you know, it's, it's a fashion choice then. I think what's so great about Brilliantly Warm is that it's invisible and mm -hmm. I'm hopeful that we can, or someone else will create a product that is invisible and cooling. Yeah, definitely. I, I need to be like, sign up for those lists right now. Um, you've been getting great feedback from your customers. I imagine, obviously, like I forgot that I had them on and, you know, this really helped. And um, so I love that. How many, how many women have you served so far? Or how many warms have you sent out? There's about a hundred users right now. Okay. We did a pretty small first run. A lot of that was dictated by COVID and supply chain and things that are uh -huh. like boring and a whole other conversation. So we only made 500 units total and we have some really um, exciting giveaways that are happening. So there's a, quite a bit of product that's been earmarked for some collaborations and giveaways and studies. Well, and I've seen, cause I follow you on Instagram. I love it. I see you like packing the boxes out of your house and doing all those things. So like, yes, you, and I know you've gotten investors to help with the initial production and stuff, but this is a business and you, you know, you still want to, you know, you want to make money off of it, obviously, but you're really out there to serve the community. And I love that. So we're going to talk more about the programs that you offer at Brilliantly after the break. Listeners out there, remember, I'm putting together Warrior Stories episodes. So email me at michellebeck at breastfriends.org with your stories of inspiration, what helped you through your cancer journey, or how your life has changed for the better since cancer. Submissions should be five to 10 minutes long and in your own words. Stay with us. We'll be back in a minute. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Thank you for listening today. Breast Friends needs your support. We rely on donations to continue our mission that no woman goes through cancer alone and to keep the show going. Please consider making a tax-deductible donation to Breast Friends. You can text BF Radio to 41444. Or visit us at breastfriends.org to donate. You can also like us on Facebook at Breast Friends of Oregon or follow us on Instagram at Breast Friends PDX. Be sure to tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern Time for Breast Friends Cancer Support Network. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are tuned in to Breast Friends Cancer Support Network. To reach the program today, please call us at 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to Michelle Beck at breastfriends.org. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. I'm Michelle Beck, and my guest is Kristen Carbone, founder of Brilliantly.co, and this amazing product, Brilliantly Warm, to help women who experience the coldness from their implants. And she also has so many amazing programs that she has started, and we've talked a little bit about them. And there's the Strong, which is the exercise program. Um, Kristen, I'm assuming that is generally over virtual at this point, because, you know, that's, that's how everything is. <laughs> 
Yeah, you know, Brilliantly Strong allowed me to collaborate with one of my favorite people on the planet. It's a woman who's a corrective exercise specialist. Um, we went to college together. Um, she had been primarily focusing in the postpartum space, um, dealing uh, programs for like healing your abdomen, your pelvic floor, your hips. And we worked together to design this program that helps people like regain strength and mobility, you know, I'm sitting like this right now. I know no one can see me other than you guys, but I'm like hunched over. And it's like all you, you walk around in this like protective posture after you've had surgery and then your body like stays that way. And it takes a lot of work and effort to open up and to feel strong and mobile. And I didn't have physical therapy and I know a lot of people also didn't. And I ended up injuring myself and tearing my pectoral muscle mm. a few years later. And it looked like a hernia, you know, like my implant, when I would move would squish out the front of my muscle tear oh, gosh. and I needed to have that repaired. And I thought, how come no one taught me how to move safely in my body or how to rebuild strength safely? And so what Catherine and I did was, um, it's very simple. It is online. It's virtual. Um, you and it's free. All of our programs are free. You give us your email and we send you a, a password to access the videos. And there's, I think four and they're very short and it's things that you can do at home and daily. And similar to the sort of intention of brilliantly warm being visible, we wanted to give people like simple, easy, actionable things that you can do at home on your own time. If you take a break in your office that you almost need nothing to do it you don't have to be able to show up to a spin class in New York City at 7 p.m. <laughs> on a Tuesday to feel better, that you can be home after you put your kids to bed and be like, okay, I'm going to sit in this way. I'm going to breathe. I'm going to think about what hurts. I'm going to do these things. You, you need very little. And if you do it, it makes such a huge difference. And um, in addition to the book project, which I just teased out to you guys first, I'm practicing saying that out loud because it's a really <laughs> huge beast of a project that I'm so excited to undertake. The other part of this new collaboration that we're going to announce is um, uh, the second phase of this corrective exercise program. And we're approaching that either like things that you do with your body or things that you do with weights. And how do you do those things safely and modify them? Because I'm sure everyone knows if you go to a class, let's say you go to a yoga class, and even if you say to your instructor, I've had breast cancer, I've had a mastectomy, they're going to say something probably like, well, modify when you feel like you need to. And it's like, okay, cool. Well, I'm not a yoga instructor. Right. How do I know when I need to modify? Thank you very much. You're the teacher. Help me, please. Yeah. And they're not trained to do that, right? So we're, we're working on finding experts in um, all kinds of different things, Pilates, yoga, bar, um, personal trainers, people who work with weights. CrossFit people who are women from the community who are going to help us build these programs that really teach you and show you like, and by show you, I mean, literally show you like groups of women who are different body types, shapes, sizes, ages, how to move safely in the body that you have. So you can go to your favorite class and understand how to move safely or how to modify something or what it should look like if you're doing it right. Um, and, and some of these projects are going to take us, you know, the next year or two to complete but I think I feel like it's really important if you've been through this experience that you should have access to understand how to live well. And that shouldn't be something that costs an arm and a leg. You should be able to find the help that you need 
and to learn how to move your body. And a lot of the people who I talked to that really were the driving force behind Brilliantly Strong were women who were like, maybe my doctor told me to do physical therapy if they told them, but I don't have more time off work. I don't have childcare. I don't have, you know, it was like, there were so many barriers to getting the help that they needed. And I was like, this stuff needs to be free and it needs to be online. It can't be about where you live, if you can pay for it and a specific time of day. So you've literally become like a one woman, like, you know, an entrepreneur and putting all, putting together all of this stuff. So um, the how long are the exercise videos? They're short. Um, I think the longest one is five minutes. And so the idea is that you learn these few exercises, these few things you can do. You know, like I honestly maybe watch, I only watch the videos quarterly when I need like a refresh. I'm like, am I actually doing that right? And some of it's just laying on the floor and moving your arms above your head to like rebuild that range of motion and to use those little muscles that when you're sitting at your computer hunched over that you're not like accessing. Yeah, I even, I find myself now, I'm still, you know, four years out, but like when I push a grocery cart, especially I'm hunched over and I really have to like work on like the expansion of my breasts, because like you said, we're, we're so protective of that area after we have surgery that we just automatically like curl in and we want to be as tight as possible to protect ourselves. And that's not good for us long-term, unfortunately. No. And you know, we're all out living our lives, right? This is like one part of who everyone is. And if you need to like shovel your driveway or rake the leaves, or you want to swim, there are things that like, it helps you to relearn how to live in your body. I definitely need to do that because I've realized every summer that I can't swim. I mean, I can swim, but like I can't freestyle my arms because I never got that kind of mobility back. Like I can reach the cabinets and stuff, but I can't do the arm over, arm over, arm over. I'm like, okay, so I definitely need to like go watch these videos today. And everyone's like, oh, I don't ever have time to exercise, but five minutes, you know, is not, is not too much to ask for our own health to make our bodies a priority. Like once you watch the videos, like if I'm watching a movie with my kids and they're sitting on the sofa with their popcorn, I will lay on the floor and be like, do this and roll up a towel and put it underneath me to like stretch those little muscles that connect your chest muscles to your sternum. Like really you can do all of them while you're doing other things, which is, I think critical, you know, like I'm I'm waiting for my water to boil and I'm going to like breathe and stand up straight and like think about my posture. Well, especially busy women with careers and kids and we have to multitask. And if that's how we have to take care of our body, it's better than nothing. So um, one of the other programs that I've seen on your website is Brilliantly Calm. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, I think um, I have this amazing friend, Sarah, who has been on me for probably since I met her about meditation and being more mindful and things that I'm like, yeah, 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 that's all great. And then when COVID (laughs) hit, I was like, everyone was so anxious. And I thought, even my kids need this. And so she started FaceTiming us and we would do with my kids meditation. And I thought, why are we doing this live on like Instagram or somewhere where people can do it with us? And so we did a handful of like Sunday evening meditations on Instagram, like in the beginning of the pandemic. And I was like, it is so hard for everyone right now. And I think parents, especially 
needing to be like teachers and all of the things that we were called on to be during that time. And I thought if we can do this on Sunday night and sort of set an intention for ourselves going into a new week, and I couldn't believe how much better I felt. And so Sarah has been recording um, some guided meditations that we put up on our site from time to time for people to access. And again, like I've sat in my car and listened, like, uh, you know, I was like running errands one of the first days when I was vaccinated, I was like, I'm going to go and get a bunch of stuff done. And I couldn't believe how overwhelmed I felt being back out in like in the grocery store in person, like things that I just hadn't done in such a long time and being around people made me feel like really anxious. And I sat in the parking lot at the post office and listened to a five minute guided meditation. Cause I was like, I kind of want to like yell at someone. Like I didn't, I just felt like anxious and angry and short tempered and was like, time to reset. And I think any of these things that you can do that make you feel physically or emotionally better in under 10 minutes, like we should be doing them all the time, whether it's in your car or on your living room floor. Oh, completely. And it actually reminds me of a moment. I, it was when things had started to open up a little bit more and my grocery store had the arrows on the ground. Like you can go this way in this aisle and that way. And then when things started to open up, they took the arrows off and I had a mild panic attack in the store because I'm walking around. I'm like, oh my God, the arrows are gone. Someone is going to walk by me and they're going to have their mask underneath their nose. And, and I'm like, I literally was like, I really could have used that mindful meditation at that moment. But you know, at that time you're like, okay, let's just power through. It's going to be fine. But man, I literally was, I, I feel you. <laughs> yeah. I think it's like, and I used, I don't think of myself as someone who's angry, but like when I would see someone, I thought you were going to say with the arrows that they were going the wrong way. I oh, that too. Like, like my blood would boil. I was like, what happened to you? Like, I know. Why, why is it so hard to follow a damn arrow? <laughs> yeah. And then like, also what's my problem? Like you can't change that person. They don't care. And the things that you can do to control how you feel, and it becomes like a muscle you can flex. I think the more time you spend standing up straight, stretching those muscles, being mindful, breathing, like really breathing, you can do that anywhere then you can do it before a scan you can do it in your car you can do it when you're on a phone call with someone who's like just really annoying you know there's all of these ways that these tools were built for women in our community but they're really for everyone and they're effective whether or not you're thinking about breast cancer in any given moment it's still good to stand up straight and to take a deep breath and to feel calm and centered yeah these coping mechanisms of the exercise and the meditation everyone needs this it's like you said it's definitely not just for cancer survivors and you mentioned the word community and i'm i'm guessing when you went through this you did not have a whole lot of community because you were making a a, a choice about i'm going to get this preventative surgery but i didn't have cancer so i'm in a weird place but you've created this company that really is including women all over the country. You've made this product for women. You've got the the calm and the or and the strong and the portrait project. You're really creating that community that you didn't have, and that's pretty amazing that you have this this heart to do that. So I applaud you on that one. Um, we've talked about um, or the what's coming up next. You have the book project and the 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 new exercise regime that you're working on this the round two. Is is that kind of occupying what's going forward for you? Or are there other things out there? Yeah, well we're also working on um, connecting with the brilliantly warm users. We're just about to start a user feedback campaign. Um, and 
then thinking about like, what do we need to change things? Is there something that has to happen for a version two, creating a charging case? Right now, the product is black. We did a survey and found out that um, most women wear black bras like 68% of the time. And But there are women who are like, I want a pink one. I want a nude one. I want a beige one. And so, um, you know, iterating on the product is going to take some time. And, um, but yeah, I think there, like there's some really big, interesting projects that I'm excited to dive into um, over the next year or two. Awesome. And one thing that you have done for yourself is advocating for your own health. We, we have like two minutes left. Can you talk about what it means to be your own advocate? Oh my God, it's so hard. I... I talk about it all the time. I help other people do it. I've gone to people's doctor's appointments who are almost strangers to take notes for them and to help ask questions. And when I am in the doctor's office, I have to really some, it is not easy. It's so difficult to be in a situation that is emotionally draining where your health and well-being is at stake and to really say, no, I need you to listen to me or you're not answering my question. And I think it, it like anything else is a practice and some days we're good at it and some days we're not. And, um, you know, being part of this community has certainly helped me do a better job of that. I love that. Thank you. And listeners out there, thank you so much for being here today. You can find all this information at brilliantly.co. Um, Kristen is just amazing, obviously, as you can tell. And so please follow her on Instagram at brilliantly.co. Go to the website, check out all the amazing programs and, you know, just be there as a part of our community because it's it's so important. And obviously for potential previvors or, you know, w- people impacted by cancer, she's there for you. So Kristen, again, thank you so much for, for being here. You've been a wonderful guest. Um, and listeners, if you or your loved ones need our services, please visit breastfriends.org. You can make a donation on our website or by texting BF radio to 41444 to help breast friends continue on its mission to ensure that women do not go through cancer alone. And I forgot to mention, listeners, you can also donate at brilliantly.co because while they do have investors, they also take donations. If you wanted to send Brilliantly a donation to sponsor a set of worms. Oh, you can't do that? Okay. But anyway. You can absolutely, if you're interested in sponsoring a set of worms or... Um, I'm happy to talk to anybody and they should reach out to me directly. We, we're not Perfect. a nonprofit, so we can't take uh, okay. donations, but I'm at Kristen at brilliantly.co and would love to hear from you, whether it's about product supporting us or um, anything else. Love to connect with people in the community. Perfect. Thank you for correcting me on that. <laughs> Um, anyway, so listeners, again, our show, you can find it on Voice America's Health and Wellness channel or search Breast Friends wherever you get your podcast. If you would like to nominate me, nominate yourself. <laughs> My brain just took a left turn into nowhere. Uh, if you would like to nominate yourself to be a guest or share a warrior story, please email me at michellebeck at breastfriends.org. We'll be back next week. And until then, remember, we rise by lifting each other. Thank you for listening to Breast Friends Cancer Support Network. Please join Michelle Beck again next Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. We rise by lifting each other.